Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Morning, church. It's a pleasure to be bringing God's word this morning, and we will be looking at Second Thessalonians this morning. Little Jimmy came home bringing his test paper with a score of ninety, and he showed it to his father, expecting that his father would give him much praise and affirmation, but instead. His father took one look at it and started to scold him because the father could tell that the handwriting of the nine and the zero were different. And he knew, he knew, he knew that Johnny had added the zero to the nine. But Johnny felt so maligned. He felt he was unfairly accused because he didn't do that. He added a nine to the zero. You know, friends, as human beings, we all crave affirmation. Deep inside us, we yearn for praise. And what about our discipleship? Do we not desire that our discipleship is one that is praiseworthy by our Master? How do we know that our discipleship is truly pleasing to God? What are the characteristics of a discipleship? that is praiseworthy. In the opening greetings of his second letter to the Thessalonians, Paul thanks God for two characteristics that the Thessalonian Christians demonstrated in their discipleship. He then goes on to identify a third characteristic about their discipleship that he even boasts about to other churches. So what were these three characteristics of the Thessalonian Christians' discipleship that was so highly praiseworthy. Let's read from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 4. And I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, since your faith is flourishing and the love each one of you has for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you among God's churches, about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and afflictions that you are enduring. Paul gives thanks to God for the Thessalonians' flourishing faith, their abounding love, and even boasts about their enduring perseverance. Faith, love, and endurance. Where have we come across this before? In Paul's thanksgiving as he began his first letter to Thessalonians, 
This is what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1, uh, verse 2 and 3. We always thank God for all of you making mention of you constantly in our prayers. We recall in the presence of our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, do you see that? Faith, love, and endurance. The mention of the third element, endurance, is expanded with endurance inspired by hope. And therefore hope is likely implied here in endurance, so that in 2 Thessalonians, which also begins with these triad of faith, love, and hope. Now let's take a closer look at these three characteristics of a praiseworthy discipleship. The first is a flourishing faith. A flourishing faith. This is what Paul says. We ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, since your faith is flourishing. Flourishing is translated from the Greek word hypotikin. From the Greek word hyproxano, which means to grow exceedingly or to increase abundantly. The related word oxano is frequently used in the Gospels to describe the growth of plants and babies, as well as in the epistles to describe spiritual growth. But here, this word is used only once in the New Testament. Secondly, the verb in this present tense implies that the exceeding and the abundant increase of the Thessalonians' faith was still ongoing. And thirdly, it must be noted that this faith that was flourishing was against a backdrop of persecution and affliction. For now, we must see that their faith flourished in persecution and affliction. We will look at it a little bit closer in the third characteristic on enduring perseverance. But this discipleship was born not out of a fair-weather faith, but honed out of suffering. In the book by Dr. Howard and Mrs. Taylor, that was written about Hudson Taylor's spiritual secret. You will read about Hudson Taylor, who was the first missionary to go inland into China. He started China Inland Mission, and later this was renamed the Overseas Missionary Fellowship. Hudson Taylor learned to trust in God, to have faith from the first day that he determined that he was going to follow the Lord Jesus. He learned to trust God with his salary because when he was working, his employer often got so busy that they forgot to pay him his salary. And he would not ask for his salary knowing that God knew and that God would cause his employer to eventually make that payment to him. 
He learned to trust God for his daily needs. And as his faith was tested, he grew in faith and was able to trust God for his supply for the entire missionary organization. Sometimes it seemed that God had forgotten, but in fact, God had never forgotten. Hudson Taylor continued to pray and trust, and God always answered. Friends, if you have any missionaries from OMF today that you are supporting, you will know that they never ask for you to give. Because this was a practice that they have adopted from the days of Hudson Taylor. Not that they have no need, but they trust in God that God would prompt the giver to give so that they would always not be in need. This is faith. So what does faith look like? The writer of the book of Hebrews tells us that faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. That's in Hebrews 11 verse 1. And then in verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. In his book, Growing Deep in Faith, Pastor Edmund, our leadership mentor, details three vital principles of faith needed for crossing the uncrossable. And this is why he says, first there must be a heart to follow. Next, there must be a faith to believe, and then there must be the courage to act. A heart to follow, so that when God calls, your heart responds and you follow. You must have a faith to believe that the God who has called, He will lead, He will supply, and He will enable. And you must have that courage to step out, to act as the Lord calls you to. Faith that is flourishing needs to be faith that is exercised, just like muscles need to be exercised in order for them to be strong. Faith to flourish needs to be exercised. And that, what that simply means is that when we take small steps of faith to trust and believe in God, those small steps help us to grow in our faith so that we begin to take bigger and bigger steps as we trust more and more in God. Consider the case of Justin. Justin is a disciple of Christ and he is an entrepreneurial young adult. He rents a food store in a neighborhood hawker center and he sells Mediterranean food. So as the lunar seventh month approaches, the Hawker Association for that Hawker Center begins to collect contributions from every store to finance the seventh month festivities. So these monies, what would they go into? They'll cover a dinner, there will be an auction, a prayer ceremony, there will be food offerings, there will be a good luck hamper. So while officially participation in this seven-month festivity is voluntary, but in practice, the organizing committee, that their speech, their actions, just shows that they already presume that every stockholder will participate. Now Justin was convinced that any form of participation would not be God-honoring. 
But he was also aware that since just about everybody else participated, if he didn't, then he would be looked upon with disdain. And what's more, he was already not in the good books of the other hawkers because his new business concept was apparently very successful. His business was actually drawing away customers from the others. Now, what is Justin to do if he is to live out a flourishing faith? Friends, I believe we all know the answer. But if we were in Justin's shoes, would we be able to live it out as easily as we know how to say it out? Flourishing faith is a faith that needs to be exercised, is a growing faith. The faith of Christians should keep growing all their lives. They should trust in God more and more, more consistently, more extensively. And as they grow in Christ, their faith grows with them. Because faith in God is not a static thing. It is trust in a person, that person being God. It is always either increasing or decreasing. A growing faith indicates a growing Christian, just as in the same way a growing Christian also grows in love. And that brings us to the second characteristic that is praiseworthy. The second praiseworthy characteristic of the Thessalonians' discipleship is their abounding love. Here's what it says. We ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, since your faith is flourishing, and the love each one of you has for one another is increasing. So, while faith pertains to the Thessalonians' relationship with God, love concerns their relationship with one another. And just like how they, their faith in God was flourishing, their love for one another was also abounding. The word abounding comes from the Greek word pleonazo. Pleonazo, and it means to increase considerably to the extent of an activity or a state with the implication of the result being abundance. So it increases to the extent of abundance, more and more. To multiply. Now Paul had previously exhorted the Thessalonians to love one another even more. And here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 9 and 10 he says, you yourselves are taught by God to love one another but we encourage you brothers and sisters do this even more. This was what he exhorted them and then later he prayed for them in uh, chapter 3, verse 12 of 1 Thessalonians, and may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another. Increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone just as we do for you. Take note that Paul was referring here to the Thessalonians' love for one another within the community of faith. Of course, this does not mean that Christians only love other Christians. It does not. It does not mean that we do not love 
non-Christians. On the contrary, very often it is our love for non-Christians that speaks even louder than our verbal testimony, isn't it? So yes, we are to love non-Christians, but here in this context, Paul was speaking specifically to the Christians about their love for other Christians. Just as Jesus too has said, I give you a new commandment. You are to love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus was speaking to his disciples, the community of faith. Friends, I'd like to share with you a story that took place five years ago, on the 11th of August, 2017, almost exactly five years ago. It was at about 12 p.m. on that day when Barry, a covenanter, had gone to Woodlands Garden School to pick her daughter, Chloe. Chloe is a 17-year-old girl with special needs, but Chloe was nowhere to be found when Barry arrived in school. So Barry became worried, they started to look for her, the school teachers were looking for her, and Barry shared this with her CG on WhatsApp. One by one, the CG members began to pray. One CG member, he's a retiree, he immediately joined the search by going to Woodlands to help out, to look for Chloe. Another CG member, a part-time working mother, immediately offered to help to look after Barry's other children and to bring food for them so that Barry can concentrate on the search. The ACGL of this CG quickly notified our senior pastor, Pastor Kei Kiong, who then mobilized the BPJ intercessors to pray. Chloe's photo was disseminated to covenanters living in Woodlands to help to look out for her. And then there were two CG members who quickly notified their friends from Woodlands EFC not Covenant ESC Woodlands, but Woodlands ESC, to let another church pass the word around to help to look for Chloe. And then there was another CG member who shared this with her teacher's network to disseminate this call for help. Where was the CGL? The CGL happened to be away on retreat in JD, but he shared with the other retreat participants and all of them began to pray for Chloe to be found. By 5.30, 5.30 p.m., different CG members had already come to help with the search, and Barry had already put up a Facebook post, and her CG members were immediately starting to repost so that the word goes out on social media. By 7.30 p.m. of that day, many CG members were already searching various locations around the school around Admiralty MRT, Woodlands Ring Road, and around the school. At 8.30 p.m., the police notified Barry that someone had sighted Chloe at Aukang MRT station. And with that, with that, they were unsure, because if she's on the MRT, she could be anywhere in the stretch from Aukang to Pongo MRT. What did the CG do? The CG swung immediately from Woodlands, to cover Aukang. And they covered the MRTs from Coven, Aukang, Bangkok, Singkang to Hong Kong. 
Others who could not join in the search were praying at home and they were firing up on their social media. Finally, at 10.06 p.m., Chloe was found by the CG member who was searching at Singkang MRT station. She was at Singkang, and together with the MRT staff, uh, they, they found her, and the search was ended. Those who were searching nearby all, all congregated at Singkang MRT to celebrate with Barry as she was reunited with her daughter, Chloe. This was Barry's text message to the CG the next day. This is what she said. Dear CG, thank you so, so, so much for your help and prayers. No words can describe my appreciation, really. I'm so glad to be in this community. There were many replies that came in, but I picked one that is the most significant. This was by one CG member who said, we are so encouraged by the love shown by our wonderful CG. Friends, I am so proud of the love that is shared in Barry's CG. And I see several of her CG members who are here today. Friends, I am so proud of you that I am boasting about you, just like how Paul was boasting about the Thessalonian Christians to other churches. For 11 hours of the day, COVID was lost, and those 11 hours was this CG's finest hour. In Covenant ESC, one of the hallmarks of a healthy covenant group is that it walks in love. And the CG members love one another. In a crisis, they can be counted upon to come to your rescue. And this is exactly what we saw in Barry's CG. Friends, are you in a CG? Are you in a covenant group? Does your covenant group love one another to the extent that when anyone experiences an emergency, the whole CG will drop whatever they're doing and come to rescue? Or does your CG only meet to do Bible study? Not that there's anything wrong with doing Bible study, but if that is all that your CG does and there is no love that is exchanged, then I think your CG is sorely lacking in an abounding love. Can your CG be counted upon to love one another in times of crisis? Sure, different ones in the CG have different rough edges and it's not always easy to love one another. But this is exactly what scriptures call us to do. Not only to love one another, but that our love for one another may be increasing more and more. An abounding love. The third characteristic of this praiseworthy discipleship that was observed in the Thessalonian church was an enduring perseverance. An enduring perseverance. And this is what it says. Therefore we ourselves boast about you among God's churches, about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and afflictions that you are enduring. They perceived in their faith, they persevered in their faith as they endured persecutions and afflictions. 
Friends, you will recall that earlier we mentioned that the idea of hope is implied in perseverance, the perseverance of hope from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. The idea of hope is also implied in faith, in faith, because faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The word for enduring is anachomai, which means to be patient. To be patient in the sense that you are enduring possible difficulty. Similarly, perseverance refers to the capacity to bear up in the face of difficulty. The ability to keep on keeping on. Perseverance. The Thessalonians were patiently enduring persecution and affliction that they were suffering as they persevered with hope and in faith. Now what, what was their affliction, you say? What, was, what affliction were they facing? They were being ostracized for their faith in Christ. When the Thessalonian Christians declared their allegiance to Christ, it means that they stopped worshipping their Roman gods. But this was an inherent practice in their social, in their cultural, in their economic activities of that society. So when they stopped participating, they essentially became outcasts. They were social outcasts, and they were also economic outcasts in the sense that they were now excluded from the trade guilds. Now once you're excluded, like you're not part of the association anymore, you are no longer able to practice your trade with one another, they look upon you with disdain. Which means that their livelihoods then suffered. So friends, persevering faith is costly. Persevering faith costs. There is actually an obscure example from scriptures of a Thessalonian Christian who demonstrated enduring perseverance in the face of persecution. His name is Aristarchus. How many of you have heard of Aristarchus? Never noticed Aristarchus, right? But there he is in Acts chapter 19 verse 21. We learn that Aristarchus was one of those disciples who, who was seized and he was dragged to the theater when there was a riot at Ephesus. He was one of the two disciples who joined Paul as a traveling companion. And subsequently, he continued to accompany Paul into the final leg of his journey. This is Aristarchus from Thessalonica. Aristarchus mentioned again in Acts chapter 20, verse 4, in verse 27, verse 2. Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica. He accompanied Paul all the way to Rome, so much so that Paul would call him my fellow prisoner. It means that he would have endured the shipwreck together with Paul. And in all this, he did not turn back. For this reason, Paul calls Aristarchus my co-worker. Friends, this Thessalonian brother could easily have just taken the easy way out. Just go home. Just go home. Leave Paul and just go home. But he did not. He persevered in his faith. He endured persecution and affliction. 
and a company called All the Way. Now for us as 21st century Christians, we say this persecution sounds rather distant. Uh, we, we have legal protection here in Singapore, we have religious harmony that we enjoy, so it, it, it does not quite sound like what I'm facing in my everyday life. And friends, that may be true, but you know the idea of affliction actually refers to trouble that involves any kind of suffering, which causes pain. And this could include things like serious illness, financial difficulty, family conflicts, workplace woes. One person who persevered in faith and endured affliction was an old friend, Henry Kwan. Henry was a long-time covenanter. He was his own mentor, a hostmaster and a deacon in our church board. And I knew Henry from almost two decades ago, 20 years ago, when we were in the same mentoring group that was led by Pastor Kekyo. We would take turns hosting the MG on Saturday mornings and we would have breakfast in our homes whenever we hosted. So I've been to Henry's place just as Henry has been to my home. Now Henry was not a fair-weather Christian who was faithful to God only when he was healthy and doing well. When he learned that he had cancer, he remained faithful to God with enduring perseverance. He fought the cancer for several years and he remained faithful to God all through. And even when the cancer began to overtake him, he nevertheless remained faithful to God with enduring perseverance. While suffering this affliction, Henry must have had many questions. What's going to happen to his wife, Kat, and his three young children at the time? But in his hope, he had never lost sight of God. He never wavered in his faith. And here is an excerpt that you see on the screen from his weekly email updates to people who prayed for him. This is what he says, God will continue to be our Lord and our King over us regardless of how we change. I will continue to love and worship Him regardless of how difficult the situation. I will guard my ways and heart finish well. Henry just kept on keeping on. He remained faithful with enduring perseverance right to the very end. Henry was called home to the Lord on the 1st of December 2012. And that was when Henry's enduring perseverance finally saw its eternal Brothers and sisters, how do we handle afflictions that come our way? I think most intuitively we pray and ask God to remove these afflictions from us and spare us from that suffering. Sure, and sometimes God does do that, but what happens when He doesn't? What happens when He wants us to go through these afflictions, sometimes as Henry did? How well do we endure persecution and affliction? Like when we are scoffed at by our colleagues just for being a Christian. Because Christians are so narrow-minded. Because Christians, 
believe that the only way to heaven is the way that they say. Because Christians are such bigots who refuse to accept alternative lifestyles that are different from theirs. How do you endure such persecution and affliction when people look at you as a Christian in this way? How do you endure with perseverance? Paul thanked God for the Thessalonian Christians. He bragged about this church to other churches because they demonstrated these three characteristics of praiseworthy discipleship. A flourishing faith, an abounding love, and an enduring perseverance. These are the same three characteristics that our God is calling us to in our discipleship today. That our faith in Him may flourish, that our love for others may abound, and that we may endure with perseverance in the face of persecution and affliction. Maybe you say this is just too difficult. Like me, you say, I, I, I can't handle it. It's just too much. Well, if that's how you are feeling, then you're in the right place. Because we truly cannot do this on our own. Rather, let's look to Christ our Lord. Because Jesus, Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our, of our faith. Jesus is God's love that is revealed to us that we may love one another. And Jesus is our blessed hope. He is our living hope. So friends, if we are to keep on keeping on in our discipleship, a discipleship that is praiseworthy, then let's come to Jesus and depend on Him. Because after all, isn't that what discipleship is all about? Following Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you for the model of praiseworthy discipleship that we see in scriptures today. And Lord, we pray that you teach us how to respond aright. As we recognize that this is far too difficult for us to achieve or to accomplish in our own strength, Lord, we look to you because you, Lord Jesus, are the author and the perfecter of our faith. You, Lord Jesus, are God's love revealed to us that we may love one another. And you, Lord Jesus, are our blessed hope, our living hope to whom we hold fast to. We believe in you, Lord Jesus. We believe and trust in you. So hear our prayer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Church, I call you to respond now in faith as we respond in this song, as we listen to the chorale, bring us the song we believe. And as they sing, would you join them in your heart to say to the Lord, yes, Lord.
spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at 
www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.